Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Zappy throwing, caught, Henry, touchdown. Whoa. So Henry, who scored the prior touchdown, went into the medical tent for just a moment, comes back and scores again. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Whoa! I love that call from Al Michaels on Thursday Night Football. I thought Alan Kirk had a nice call of the game last night. They were engaged. It was a good game, obviously. The one criticism I'll have is, and if I were a Steelers fan, I would have been livid about this. There was a drive like when the second half started. I think the Steelers went like three and out or whatever. Maybe got like a first down and then quickly punted after that. Where Al spent the entire Steelers drive talking about, like, will Belichick be back next year to coach the Patriots? Yeah. And like, okay, like, and like, who if he if he is leaving, like, who will know? Is it more than just him, him and Kraft? Like, if he goes somewhere, will he be the GM or just the coach? And I'm sitting there watching, thinking, if I'm a big Steelers fan right now, watching this, I am infuriated right now. That like, it was like an entire an entire drive was like, what's Bill Belichick's future? And like, the game is still very much up in the air at that point. Well, so that was weird. Cla- but other than that. Cla- but that's a classic instance where like the production staff definitely had that scripted thinking the game was going to be a dog and be like, oh, like we're going to get a lot out of this in the middle of the game. And they probably just scripted it and did it anyway, like with yeah. that, with like no regard for what was going on. Like, oh, well, let's just do the Belichick thing or be like, you know, the game's like way better than you thought it was. Maybe like adjust a little bit like they had because you could tell they had the graphics already. They had, like all the full screen stuff with him and like the accomplishments like they had all that. Like that was a very scripted. It was a classic case of just like improvise a little bit. like the game's good. You don't you don't have to do that there. Like it's it's okay. Like you don't have to serve that. You don't have to serve the blowout audience. It's not a blowout. And just like I think that was a case where they probably just maybe they overthought it or they, they just didn't adjust really well. Like how cool would it have been if at the end of the game, so like even like on the review, when Z- when Zeke runs for that first down and then they review it and he's like a little bit shorter and then they get the first down to ice the game. Like do it there. But the game's, like, basically over. Then it's like, oh, wow, like, there's more gravitas lended to it there, where it's, okay, they won the game, but also everyone's talking about this, like the elephants in the room, like, let's discuss it. I think it right. would have been really good there. Other than that, though, you know, on the Al Kirk meter, I thought this was this one was, this one one was was pretty good. Whoa, yeah. for Hunter Henry. Whoa. Uh, on a, on a, whoa, Nelly. Good gambling on references, a, too. Good gambling references. Yeah, reference. were, right? I went over the total, referenced it, like, three times in the next three minutes. It's like, hey, you know, for people who care, like, wasn't 30 31 like, oh, how about that you know just it was just it was funny and that had been obviously a huge talking point the entire we did that on the show a lot the whole day had a bunch of people come on and be like man 
is this total like way too low? Like how is it's almost like everybody thought it was going to go over, but couldn't figure out how that was possible. Like, yeah. okay. Like I, I think it's going to go over because it feels like it's artificially low. Also, how the hell is that going to happen? And the answer is that like Bailey Zappi for like an hour was electric. <laughs> he was really yeah, good. He was great. And then for the, and really then for the other hour and a half, he was pretty bad. But the, the first hour he was electric. He was really good. And then the game turned into like kind of what everybody expected after that. This is an opinion thing, obviously. Like, no one can know the answer to this question. Your Kirk Herbstreet, I think it might have been with uh, with our guy Big Cat and and, uh, and PFT, and pardon my take, recently. But Kirk Herbstreet, recently, I don't know, maybe it was the Pat, I don't know what it was. Anyway, Herbstreet said recently that Al pays no attention to the criticism. And he thinks, the like, Kirk thinks the criticism of Al is ridiculous. And, like, Al doesn't care. I kind of feel like Al has heard the criticism and he's been trying to ramp it up the last couple of weeks. And I think it's honestly, I think it's been a lot better. That's my opinion. I can't prove it. If I called Al Michaels, Al would hang up on me. So it's not like I'm talking to Al. You wouldn't even pick he's up the phone. He's got better things to do. Hang up on you. That would imply he said hello. Yeah. <laughs> He'd pick up the phone with like a piece of steak. And say, hello. <laughs> raw meat. Uh, my, my, just last note and then we'll talk about the game. So... Hunter Henry has, like, the, the fir- uh, his first catch of the game is a touchdown, and I'm like, okay, anytime touchdown, good price. Now let's get this yardage over. And then I see a notification on my phone, like, literally that commercial break, Hunter Henry headed to medical tents, and I'm just like, oops, I did it again. <laughs> like, Chris, here's Christian Kirk, like, out for the season, basically, after my bet on him, and now Hunter Henry. Thankfully, Henry came back into the game, obviously went over, had a great game, scored a touchdown. Great job by you, Ken, with the Trubisky stuff as well. So the Patriots win the game 21-18. And the uh, headliner, Ken, from a betting perspective, and you know, at some point we can maybe talk about the number one pick in the draft, which is now all but certain to go to the Bears via the Carolina Panthers. Is there any way, I, I was thinking, is there any way they're just going like, to keep fields if this goes well, and then they take like Marvin Harrison? I guess they might try and trade the pick, but maybe a little bit of intrigue added now with, with the Bears certain to get that pick via, not certain, but very likely via Carolina. But just like thoughts coming out of the game, and then we can uh, we can turn our attention in a couple minutes to uh, the NBA Cup semifinals with the Pacers beating the Bucks and the Lakers routing the Pelicans. Yeah, I mean, I think the, look, the, the betting like takeaways from last night. I mean, I guess, I guess there's something to be said for like contrarianism when a total is like in that range and, you know, like Chernoff came on yesterday and it just goes like, look, a non weather total of 30 is um, it's not that it had to go over. Just it's uh, it's something you don't see very often. Right. And being able to kind of identify those, the things you don't see, we, you know, we'd read all day about how everybody was betting no touchdown and no scoring and under. And um, that was kind of where everybody was. And it's not that like that meant it had to go over, but it did give you an idea for that there was something like atypical going on. There was something like abnormal going on in terms of just how people were betting the game. And I do think those are when you, especially on a really big high profile game, when you do have those sent that sentiment and like, it's not, it wasn't just like, you know, people that don't know anything that were thinking that, like we were all thinking that like everybody was thinking that about the game. When you get that general consensus on a huge game, um, maybe it does keep the market like a little artificially, like a little too low on a total or a little out on a favorite. If there's, you know, an injury or something like that. So it wasn't, interesting. it was a, it was a unique dynamic last night. It wasn't like a normal primetime game in terms of how people were treating it, how people were betting it, how the market was shaped. It was, it was unique and, and trying to kind of file that away, not even to like always be contrarian or always be opposite, but be able to recognize when that's happening and at least like consider that it might be an opportunity um, to be contrarian or about the opposite side. 
so I just sort of like a, a random lesson and uh, or just something to keep in mind always like with uh, kind of groupthink and, and how markets can get shaped in big games around that stuff. But uh, the biggest thing like from just going forward is going to be like who gets this playoff spot? Like that's going to that's going to be the biggest thing. And, and the results this weekend will obviously go a long way toward dictating that uh, Cleveland, a favorite over Jacksonville, Cincinnati now a favorite over Indianapolis. The Texans now not nearly as big of a favorite over the Jets. Feels like everything's compressing. You have these three or less point spreads with all these teams. Uh, a Broncos, a two and a half, three against the Chargers. It's it's all it's all just coin flips. <laughs> That's like just how it feels right now. It's all just coin flip after coin flip after coin flip after for who gets these spots. And uh, and I guess like if there is a, a small takeaway from something we did earlier in the week, and it wasn't like well, this team loses, so this team is more likely like one-to-one because every everybody in the AFC won when the Steelers lost. Like everybody became more likely to win when the Steelers lost. But the Bills became more likely to make it when the Steelers lost. <laughs> like they did. They did. Like this, they need everybody to lose. So one team loses, that's just as good as Cleveland. That's just as good as everybody else. Um, a little, A little like small feather in their cap as they try to like, Honestly, like move on from the Sean McDermott stuff this week and, and win a huge game on Sunday uh, at Kansas City. Uh, and Isaiah Pacheco, and we'll do this later in the show. Pacheco ruled out in this game for the Chiefs, just for like, and we'll we'll go to the NBA in a second for our live listeners and viewers. If you're in fantasy football and Jarek McKinnon or Cl- both and Clyde Edwards-Alaire are out there on the waiver wire, like we're on the cusp of the fantasy playoffs right now, Pacheco might get placed on IR, and that puts him out for the entire fantasy playoffs, maybe the rest of the regular season. Same shoulder he hurt last year. Like you have to go pick up one or both of those guys, like right now. If you're if you're if you're in contention for the fantasy playoffs, if your opponent has Isaiah Pacheco, get McKinnon, Hilaire, or both. If you have the roster space for both of them, and uh, that that's about a pick 'em now. The Bills and the Chiefs. Baldy on with us on Wednesday, talking about Kansas City. Like, really, should just be a power run team at this point. Play defense and have Mahomes win it at the end. No Pacheco, no power run game, no soup for you. Next. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a Phenomenal Football Friday. We'll give you our NFL picks coming up later in the show. P-squared, B-squared for the Patriots and the Steelers. To start next hour, Sam Paniadovich will join us in 10 minutes. Uh, Ken, let's talk about the NBA Cup semifinals yesterday. Uh, Pacers-Bucks goes under the total. Not surprising. We both we both like the under in the game. What was surprising, Indiana wins, and like Bobby Portis gets into it with Adrian Griffin and the teammate, his teammates yeah. after the game. Giannis, I'll tell you what, I, I, I almost don't care what the, what the price is. I think I'm going to bet the Bucks on Monday against Chicago with how mad Giannis sure. was after this game last Halliburton night. And Call it out. Yeah. Right? Like, that's kind of the sense I get here. The Adrian Griffin stuff, not going great so far for Milwaukee, but also credit to Tyrese Halliburton, who's, like, quickly blossoming into, like, we might be, like, uh, watching the beginnings of, like, a potential, like, all-time player here. And, Ken, I know you've been saying that for a while, that you think that's kind of, like, in his range of outcomes to be that good. He was unbelievable last night, obviously. Pacers beat the Bucks to advance to the uh, the final, where they'll play the Los Angeles Lakers in a rematch of the 2000s. NBA Finals, which the Lakers obviously took down Reggie Miller and the Pacers. Lakers wrecked the Pelicans last night. Zion Williamson no-shows the game, says afterwards. Yeah, I need to be more aggressive. You think? So Lakers and Pacers tomorrow night, Ken, Saturday night for the NBA Cup for 500 grand. I love all the references the players are making to it because you know yeah. what? They're real people too, and just like everybody, they love money. Uh, Lakers about a four-point favorite in that game. Thoughts from last night, early thoughts on tomorrow night. 
yeah, I mean, tomorrow night's going to be awesome. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, I get this. It's you. You watch all the betting markets for uh, all the awards for this season, and like, look, I I went back and watched. I didn't watch Pacers Bucks. Like, we get off the air, second half's going. I got to put my kids to bed and do a couple things around the house. So I tried to like not look at the phone and then go down and like watch the fourth quarter. And I was able to kind of do it to like consume it as if like I had watched it live, and it was awesome. It was electric. Halliburton's insane. Like the no look to Toppin for the alley oop, like in the middle of the fourth, is like, like they didn't even do that play justice on the telecast, and they tried to. Like I just felt like they still didn't capture how awesome it was. Like in the moment, like that play is crazy. It makes a couple other plays. Obviously, they play very well. The Bucks don't even play like that poorly. Just like I feel like the Pacers played really well and uh, and won the game. Obviously, it does the Dame time. Like Ted checks the watch at the end. Lillard talked about that after the game. It was really really fun. So, like, I, I do get the sense, though, and we've done this on the show already a little bit, but now that it's like they've played a national TV game that everyone watched, they're going to play the Lakers tomorrow night. There are no games. They're playing the Lakers. Like, that's that's the game. And it's going to do a huge number in terms of an NBA game and a ton of eyeballs on it, like LeBron, like, taking on this upstart team. It's really cool. And you watch the award markets. I'm struck with a sense of, it feels like we're in almost like a Josh Dobbs type moment right now where Dobbs won those starts for the Vikings and we, we, and like NASA's tweeting about him. And it's just like, we all love Josh Dobbs. Like we would come on on Monday and be like America's team, like Josh Dobbs. And in that moment, it's almost like we were trying to find something to give him from an award standpoint, because we just like him so much. Like we're just like, well, uh, I don't know. Uh, comeback player of the year. Here you go. Cause like you're so awesome. We love you. Like take please take a trophy. Like we just love you so many. Got bet down a lot in that market. There just wasn't anything to give him. So like we try like the market almost made up something and people bet it to give him, even though it made no sense. It just was like, well, this is the only thing we have that's like you're eligible for. So we'll just give you that. But it was really unlikely that he was ever gonna win. Like we loved him, but there was just nothing, there was no there was no avenue to reward him for what was happening other than just like the winning of the games. That's what I feel like this is. So Halliburton is simultaneously right now being bet for MVP, most improved player, and clutch player of the year. He's being bet in all three markets at the same time, like down. Never mind the fact that he's literally, like, if he wins one, he's ineligible, basically, to win the other two. He was never winning more than one. But, like, also, is he going to win any? I, I think this is another situation where, like, he he doesn't fit in any of these holes. Like he doesn't, it's a square peg round hole thing. He's awesome. We all love him. He's Josh Dobbs. Like it's, we like he's Q ratings through the roof right now. What is he, what can he actually win? Like, I, sorry, like, I don't think he can win most valuable player. I think it's almost impossible actually. Like his numbers aren't as good as the top guys. His team won't be as good as the top teams. Like that's just where we are right now. He could definitely finish like top three, top five. I compared him to SGA last year in terms of like, ha like a run to like having a great season. I think that's the ceiling for him for most valuable player. And like, don't be like, these were national TV in season is a weird new thing. So we're all going to obsess over it more than a regular season game. At the end of the year, it kind of counts like a regular season game. That's what the numbers count as. That's what the team record counts as. Like, that's what it is. It's December right now. In April, you won't really care. He played in the semifinal. You won't really care. I think MVP's tough. He got added to most improved player and bet a ton. And this is where I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, we've done this with this award already. He's way too good to win this. 
way too good. He was way too good last year. You can't, you can't be as good as he was last year and come in and win this award. No one's ever done that. It's, this is SGA all over again, again, with this, with this award last year. Like, you can't, he was awesome last year. Most improved. What? Like, again, this is Josh Dobbs' comeback player of the year again. And if, God, if this gives you a price to bet, Maxi or Shengun or the guys who can actually win, awesome. The one the one award I think he is live for, I don't think he should be the favorite. I don't think whatever. He could definitely win Clutch Player of the Year because he's not going to win MVP. He's not going to win the other stuff. And this is kind of like a weird alternate market. He just has to be awesome in Clutch situations for the rest of the season. And it'll be him and Lillard and Trey Young and LeBron and some of these other guys. Like, they'll all compete for this if people want to vote for LeBron. So I think he can win that one, but he's he's getting bet everywhere just because we love him. And it's like, well, if you actually think about can he win this, I don't think he can win, like, almost any of those awards. Just just curious, who do you think's better, Halliburton or SGA? Oh, man, it's, like, really close. Like, they're almost, they're, like, about the same. Like, the fourth, okay. fifth best player in the league. Yeah. I think that's I think that's really interesting. All right, on the other side, we'll welcome in our friend Sam Paniotovich. A little early on a Friday, but Sammy P going to give us some football bets for the weekend and the patented chuckle game coming up next. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network.